This is Eastwind, an AAPI, Infinity City story. And I'm going to be the GM of this. My name's Connor. I use he, him pronouns. And uh, let me introduce you to our players. So I'm going to welcome you to our first player who's going to introduce himself. We've got JPG. Hi, everyone. I'm JPG. I'll be playing Leo de Armas, uh, who goes by the codename Lancer. I use he, him pronouns. And uh, you can find me on social media at Beaker JPG. Next up is our amazing, wonderful player, Jordan. Hi, my name is Jordan Nguyen. I'll be playing Cherry Chung. And I use <laughs> they, she pronouns, and you can heckle me on Twitter at CuttlefishTweet. So next up is our player, Ken, who hopefully can break our streak here and give us a really bad intro. Thank you for setting the table so well and for me to just pull it all down. Hi, my name is Ken Rolo. My pronouns are he, him, and I'll be playing the character Kai Riley. His pronouns are he, him, and the character's superhero name is Ignition. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, people can find me on social media at Ken Rolo. That's at K-E-N-R-O-L-O-W. Okay, so this is, now that we're all established as who we all are, the audience can put a name to a voice. I should establish something. We're playing Masks, or more specifically, Masks, A New Generation, a game by Magpie. And it is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. So this game uses playbooks rather than character classes. And we're going to be creating those because this is our session zero. We're going to hop into it, starting with what playbooks you all are playing. Jason, if you want to tell us what playbook you're playing and like a description of your character, right? Like that first little section on the uh, for the first part that you fill out. While I'm doing this as well, too, I did want to just send out a special thank you to the Infinity City cast and to Elliot as well. So actually, this has been something that's been in the making for months now. And Elliot had actually reached out to Connor and myself about specifically making a masks game focused on the AAPI experience or Asian Americans Pacific Islander experience. So everybody on this cast is AAPI and I'm very proud to say that. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to start telling stories with all of you. Oh yeah, that's a good thing to, that's a really good thing to to point out because I completely forgot. I think like this has been in development for almost a year, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah and Wild. just getting on each other's <laughs> schedules because I don't know if y'all know this, but Connor is a very busy person yeah. and, <laughs> and is a very desirable GM who is on well, lots and lots of games. That. Like I'll accept the first part. <laughs> America's <laughs> most desirable. Yeah. Okay, going back to playbooks. I am playing the soldier and the note on the soldier playbook if you look at the very first page uh, of the playbook itself is you're an agent of something greater than you uh, a real force fighting to make the world a better place through them you stand for something important you just hope that when push comes to shove you stand for the right thing yeah th and this playbook is and look i'm gonna say this about every playbook because they're all so good because i love masks but this one is reminiscent of characters like captain america or hellboy people who are like responsible to this authority and they're doing good they're genuinely doing good and the authority is too for the moment but there's always that that like possibility that they might ask jason's character to do something he's uncomfortable with and in that moment he'll have to reckon with whether he's a soldier first or a superhero first it's a great playbook and they're all good but yeah Next up is so Jordan. If you want to tell us about the playbook you're playing, and uh, yeah, 
All right, I'll be playing the Nova. Here it says, you're a font of power. Channel it and you can remake the world into exactly what you want. Unleash it and you can do miracles. It's wonderful and terrifying. Lose control for even a second and other people get hurt. So it's just an absolute powerhouse. I absolutely adore it. One of the special features about it is you get this resource called burn and you get burn or you get a better chance of getting burn the more beat up or emotional your character is. So it is just this like huge loop of big moves and big power that requires you to just mess things up. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. It's analogous to characters like Jean Grey from the X-Men, who, notoriously very powerful, not the best at controlling her powers all the time. They didn't always do exactly what she wanted. And part of that is because her powers were deeply tied to her emotional state. So yeah, another really great playbook, very fun and like open license from the GM to just like really screw up things for the group. So I'm looking okay. forward to it. I love, I always love a good Nova. Next up is. So I'm Ken and I'll be playing Kai. And so I'll be playing the Scion. You're the child, not the acolyte, not a creation, just the freaking kid of a true villain. And when anyone looks at you, all they can do is see your parent. Like you don't even matter. Forget that. You're out to prove yourself as someone different from the, from them, and how better to do that than be a superhero. Yeah, the Scion playbook, it, I think, so, and I'm going to say this sincerely, the Scion playbook is my favorite playbook. Like, I, I, all of them are my favorites, collectively, but the Scion is my, like, capital F favorite. And uh, basically, the idea is that it's analogous to characters like any of the Runaways. Are there any other characters who um, have... Quick oh, yeah. and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah, there's like there's... a long legacy of like <laughs> good superheroes I mean, for villain parents. Spoilers, but there's there's a character like that in Invincible. Um, oh yeah, and uh, uh, I know this isn't technically superhero per se, but like in Avatar: The Last Airbender, kind of like Zuko. Yeah, just a uh, ton. There's tons and tons of traditions similar to this one in superhero media, and it's such a good playbook. But yeah, so I think it's time to dive into like the actual character creation bit and talk about our characters' backstories, answer those backstory questions, and then we'll go into handing out influence. And from there, I think we will define when the team first came together. I think I want to note as well, this is my first mask RPG. The As I know, oh, wow. both Jason and it sounds like Jordan are a little more veterans. This is my first time stepping into it. I've I've been aware of the system for a while. I've built a couple different characters just out of just stre stretching that muscle, but it is the first time playing a full, uh, sessions within this format. Oh, so yeah, I can't remember if I did or did not know that, but it's exciting either way. You're going to have so much fun. I love this game. It's it's one of my favorites. It it actually is just my favorite game, as evidenced by the fact that I play it all the time. <laughs> so actually, I think I might just go in order based off of how the information is presented on the playbook. Starting with Jason, if you want to tell us about the look of Lancer. Yeah, if we go down the list, so I chose Man for the first one. I chose Asian or South Asian for the second one. Lancer is specifically Filipino. Trained body, mostly because he's a soldier. Stylish clothing for no particular reason. Not my brand or anything like that in real life. <laughs> and military-ish uniform. And I actually, I did reach out to the incredible Kiri Kawaguchi for, for artwork for Lancer as well, too. So hopefully I'll have that uh, oh, once dang. all this is released as well, too. 
She's such an incredible artist. And oh, yeah. if anybody is listening to this right now, go check out her Twitter profile. It's at underscore Kid Katie. That's right. Yes. Yeah. She's fantastic. Like an amazing artist and podcaster. So yeah, going right along then, Jordan, why don't you tell us the how about the look of Lab Rabbit? Yeah, Lab Rabbit I have here female Southeast Asian for Vietnamese. It says things like usually it's like inorganic or mechanical or whatever type of skin. For now, it's just tanned human skin. She has human skin. <laughs> I love that you defined for now. Yeah, uh, for now is a... <laughs> it could totally wind up being something... Hey, the future <laughs> looks bright. Human skin's overrated. It's fine. Oh, that was very, <laughs> that was very ominous. Uh, casual office clothing, usually just things that you'd find... Well, either in academia or a lab. And then when outfit actually goes on, it's usually more techy and fashionable. Ooh, fantastic. All right. And then that brings us to Ken with Ignition. Why don't you tell us about the look of Ignition? Uh, yeah. So Ignition is presents as a, a male character. They are of mixed heritage. They are half Irish and half Thai Dom. Thai Dom is a indigenous people within Vietnam and Laos. And so the, the they are definitely would appear more as if they are Lao or Vietnamese. About an average build and casual clothing, usually very just around just streetwear. And then in the hero form, more semi-armored. They're, as they're developing their powers, they're adding on more and more pieces of tech that kind of they can push their powers through as they've oh, that's so uh, cool. evolved. Yeah. I When I saw your powers, which we're going to get to here in a second, I was really excited for the implications with what that might mean. And now that I know that, yeah, you're like, use, you're channeling it into your costume. Very cool. I'm so excited to see that. But yeah, so bringing it back to the top of the order with uh, Jason, why don't you tell us about Lancer's powers? Oh, God. Okay. I, <laughs> I was hoping I didn't go first on this one. This I can go in get... reverse order. No, no. <laughs> this, this is going to get real weird real quick. Okay. <laughs> so as I had mentioned before, I wanted each of us, including Connor as the GM, to, to speak a little bit more about the AAPI experience, especially like in America, what we're experiencing and just like certain things across the board that just make sense to us that might not make sense to other cultures or other ethnicities. So I actually added this in my powers. So my power is their contract-based superpowers, okay? So this is basically how it works. So for some, let's say magic, I guess. Let's say magic. And <laughs> if somebody magically gives me a contract in order to do something, they can assign me a superpower. So I'll give you an example. Hey, Three days, you got to arrest this warlord in another country. You got three days, and you have earthquake powers the whole time. I get to have earthquake powers for three days, according to the contract, okay? But once I'm done with the contract, I lose that power and send it to my home country. And some random person or somebody that I pick that has to do with my culture gets that power at that point. Uh, and I wanted to talk a little bit about how, like, the biggest, like, how in the Philippines, a lot of people get shipped out and, like, they work as, like, nurses or caretakers or something like that. And what's propping up the Filipino economy a lot is, like, people sending money back home to family members. So I wanted to try to capture that sort of feeling of, hey, I'm sending something valuable back home in order to further us as a culture. I think when I pitched this to Connor, I think he was real mad because <laughs> now, he has to, <laughs> now he has to figure all of this out and I'm very sorry. No. So interestingly enough, 
you did something very incredible, which was like, because a, the soldier playbook, very well written. But one thing it doesn't do is it doesn't make your interactions with your agency compulsory by mechanics. So what you have done essentially is narratively give me a reason to give you like chores to do. So <laughs> I'm very, <laughs> as a GM, that's like, uh, you have no idea how big of a dream that is. And I'm super <laughs> excited. Yeah, you're... <laughs> You may have set yourself up for some trouble, but that could be uh, that could be somebody else's problem. That you might be dead then. Uh, you Fair. might never have to do anything for. The oh yeah, and that's a thing too. Did we establish who it is that you're working for as a soldier? So of course the uh, the playbook is uh, always says Aegis. Aegis is like their exactly. shield in yeah. this particular place. You and I went back and forth a lot about this because at first I said it was like some sort of like cultural consulate. Yep. Then we were like, okay, we might have to think of something else for this as well. Could it be just some sort of like magical agency that's connected to just Asian culture in general? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, like, yeah. like, cause- Some it, shadow magic agency? What if it was, cause like, again, like, if they don't look at e themselves along, because like they're magical, why would they need to look at geographical lines? They probably consider things like ley lines or founts of mystical power and stuff like that. And that's more geographical. And so I think it's totally possible that there's just like an AAPI mystical collective that has been, you know, like trying to keep magic safe for like generations and they you know spotted the potential in leo and said he can help us keep magic really safe because like he he's got this like very strong attachment to magic so yeah i'm in love with this this is very cool while everybody else is going i'm gonna look up a name for this magical agency right now cool awesome all right next up then jordan why don't you tell us about lab rabbit's powers yeah, so as the name might imply, a lot of it is through lab accidents. And the powers themselves are mainly this idea of cosmic and spatial collapsing. So you know that whole idea of PIM particles within like the Ant-Man world of, oh, this is the, it does something with space, vague particle. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love, I do love vague sci-fi stuff. It, it very... It's quantum. Everything's quantum. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Vague quantum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in the same way that that one is all about, like, quantized, like, size and basically, like, changing plank lengths or whatever is going to be, like, allowing you to, like, increase density or decrease density. In this case, it's going to be being able to generate antimatter or equivalents on the spot which allows you to just, like, break space because matter and antimatter don't really play very nicely. So this means, like, Ooh. explosions, ripping plasma or, like, reality apart into small spaces or being able to just like, collapse the dimension to be able to shortcut things. Because if, if you imagine, like, a two-dimensional map and you put, like, a line over that map and you say you can't cross the line, you can jump over it if you access a third dimension. So in the same logic, if you fold three dimensions and can jump through four then you can teleport anywhere really quickly. So a lot of it is just about, that. can you rip space and rip up a lot of your world by generating antimatter? This is also not the most stable stuff or understood stuff, so it's not exactly something to try at home. But I do like the idea that um, tying into what I've experienced, I know my parents have experienced as like Vietnamese Americans, is like the jobs we get are ones that um, are in low-level tech or ones that are just not safe enough or unwanted. 
those things have combined to how this character got these powers in the first place of investigating some really terrible places after oh god it was there's the commandant of invasion previously with an infinity city and this created like just absolute devastated ruins of reality within the city and her internship job and part-time job she got along the way was to do research and just pick stuff up around that area so i I like the idea of just doing the job that nobody else would do or just doing it for the sake of an internship because it looks great on a resume so everything's just it's just pure tech accident after tech accident that just made her access this technology that's clung to her and these particles that have clung to her and she has no idea how to use it oh god that's so good that i love that like she was just like resume building yeah (laughs) yeah no she was building a portfolio yeah yeah she was doing what like any responsible teenager should do oh this is very good all right next up then ken why don't you tell us about ignition's powers so ignition's powers have uh slowly been developing over time they have the ability to essentially generate electricity. And from that generation, they're able to then start to control the electronics that they're connecting to. So as they are pushing their powers through, say, like a smartwatch, as they they first start to use it, oh, wait, so I can actually access the Wi-Fi and start to reach out to other, other devices through that smartwatch. And they're like, wait, this is... As they started to find those new paths they're like okay i can tell this thing to now p- perform a certain type of action they the, it's start, then as they move further it was controlling oh this this new this newer car has a complete type of onboard computer and ignition system so it's oh i can easily boost a car and i can now take over the car and just go for a joyride and that's how they developed and saw they were able to start to push the, those electrical impulses and control different forms of uh, electronics and that's how they've started to push that further and further with each new device that they start to discover and say, okay, how can I control this? How can I turn it so that I can now make it essentially take dominion over this this new device and that, but then also how they interact with how their parent, their mother had to did something similar and went way off the deep end. And that's why their parent is the level of villain that they are. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, this is all very good. Okay, so we know who our heroes are. We know what their powers are. But let's talk about their backstories, which, in my opinion, kind of my favorite part. I love hearing, like, the superhero origin stuff. So, okay, starting with Leo, what tragedy or disaster led to you gaining your abilities? So we actually talked about this in another chat, just me and you. It's more of an external tragedy. I think that... Oh, and I decided on the name of the organization, by the way. They're going to be called the Texama. I actually combined the words for collaborative and union in Vietnamese and Tagalog, which is the the Filipino language. And, oh, the most popular Filipino language, I would say. And, yeah, they're called the Texama now. And that's like the I love that. shady magic, a like it like Asian organization that's just pulling the strings at this point. Like they've got they're they're it it sounds like they're like equal parts the I forget what are what I can't even remember what they're called in in Doctor Strange mixed with maybe the BRPD from Hellboy. Oh my god, that's even better than what yeah. I was thinking. So yes, let's do that. Like they've got, they've got people who are like studying magic. They've got like intellectuals, academics who like understand magic on that level. Maybe they've got a few practicers, but by and large, like maybe like 
they don't have a ton of people who are just like powerful magic users. They've got a few who are in probably in positions of power, but mm-hmm. if that sounds good with you, they, but like they're defined largely by the fact that they were all accessing these same founts of power and they realized that, Hey, we need to keep this safe from maybe like extra dimensional threats that might try to take this, or maybe threats here at home that might try and subvert it to hurt people. And maybe people who like, might just not do what we want, question mark. So yeah, yeah, I love all that. Yeah, perfect. That's exactly the feeling that I was I wanted to go for and more. I think I've always had my abilities, but I think what tragedy or disaster led me to having to work for the Taxama is it's wholly dependent on my mother and my older sister keeping citizenship in Infinity City. Yeah, I love that. They want you to do this, and if you don't then yeah then their like status as like citizens are in question and so like the way that i wanted to play this as well is that i have a mom that's that's here with us and then i have an older sister and the older sister is probably like a year maybe two older than me but it's one of those times where oh they were just born in the philippines and like they moved here at three months or something and then i was born here so Her whole experience is, I was, like, this is my home, but then just because of the place that you're born, that's what's being held over them right now. That's also good. I love that. Yeah. And I I think that's going to be a story that resonates with a lot of people. That's how it happened with, like, my family. Like, my dad was born over in the Philippines, and then he's got one sister, I believe, who was born here. I've never really asked her. I think I I just assumed based off of the year that she was born. And when I know that... <laughs> just doing the family, yeah. the family detective stuff right now. Yeah. I, love it. <laughs> I just put that together just now, actually, is what it is. Oh, yeah, my Tita Michelle. She was, she was definitely <laughs> born here, wasn't she? <laughs> but yes, that moving on then to Cherry. When did you first use your powers? Totally accidentally. So she was around the ruins and just gathering things almost like a reverse leaf blower of just, okay, there's like this fallout around this here and I'm in a suit for this fallout and just collecting into a backpack. And as she's investigating more of these relics and like spaceship parts or like extra dimensional pieces that have just like flung everywhere, some of them just get really loose and explode with plasma and it also hits her backpack, which just explodes because it's full of really unstable particles and you'd think it'd fuck up her spine but it didn't in this case it's just (laughs) infuse it to the rest of her body and let it just flow throughout and that just forced her to just fly like an actual 100 feet into the air as gravity just turns off and she was just stuck there for an hour until she was like figuring it out (laughs) oh that's so good i love that so she's just literally inside the clouds nobody can see her And it's just up to her to learn how to figure this out from here. Trial by fire. Jordan, quick question. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. A is, are are the particles, do they have some sort of official name in the universe? And B, did Cherry name them something else? (laughs) Oh, goodness. I do that question a lot. I've been mulling over different names right now. But if anybody has like a pitch for names for the particles... I 100% have a pitch, give me a minute or two, but would, <laughs> Ch- would Cherry have, like, named it, like, 
cute or like edgy or how, what would you have she would just call it juice because she doesn't understand it oh god the juice and i, oh, and I think just and her just calling really. it cherry juice is just funny to her oh that's oh, even better my god you nailed that in your first try cherry juice good god that's so that yeah so funny that's so funny <laughs> love that yeah, so she'll call it juice. We'll give the particles another name if you got a pitch. Oh no, ch- we should call it cherry pitch. juice first. Sh- oh wait, no, we can't call that because she hasn't. <laughs> she has. A- oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> might reveal her identity. Yeah. So she'll just call it. <laughs> she'll call it juice though, but it the has. actual particle. <laughs> it might not reveal her identity right in that sort of comic booky way if the particles are red. Because <laughs> you no, know, they, like, they that's how it works in comics. Yeah, <laughs> they're like these like red floating sparks in the sky. Oh, I'm just saying, if we call it fruit punch. Oh, oh, that's so good. That's her signature attack. Yes! <laughs> this is some incredible world building going on. I love it all. Oh, my goodness. I think I need to step out because this is clearly I'm not up to the same level as everyone else. <laughs> I go, like, you brought, you brought cherry juice in and, and you have like your own Dakota Smash with fruit punch. I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm good. I'll just. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit down now, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, Ken, it's your turn next. So yeah, we just gotta we just gotta up the ante. Yeah. So you've talked about this a little bit already, Ken. But who is your supervillain parent? Uh, so my supervillain parent, which I don't know if we've if I've fully revealed yet where the what the role is within Infinity City as already. But my it's on my mother's side. Um, oh yeah, that's right. That's a part of your playbook. Oh yeah, but your playbook yeah. character creation, your lineage. So yeah, so that's one of the ways in which the Scion playbook is a little different is that a lot of your character crea- creation power selection is rooted also in your villainous lineage. So yeah, if you could combine my question with that, with those questions, or better yet, I'll just ask them and you can just answer them for me outright. And uh, that way our audience will know how this yeah. all works. But yeah. What kind of villain are they? They are a they are a cruel mastermind. They have Ooh. they are a it's I, I it feels a bit strong to lean into a full magneto of oh they've they're the prominent name, but they ha, they are they're they're a known villain within the world and it's just a matter of how much I want to continue on letting people know because our powers are so similar i don't necessarily want to wear that burden of being like oh you're that per- you're that's your mom that's who you like and so it that's the push pull within kai of like, what does that mean and within that too is he's as one thing i was curious about within the world is i'm still newer to infinity city is where it's located because i i'm not sure the, the role that his heritage would then also play within that so I was, try- I was trying to think, but yeah, the, the mother is the, the cruel mastermind is just the keyword they have within the playbook. So it's the quickest one to pull from. Would yeah. you say that she's more like a member of the Legion of Doom or like a Deathstroke? Madam Mask. I would be my oh, first like, whoa, okay. that's a good yeah. reference. That's a that'd good be, reference. Yeah, that's good very pull. solid. Yeah. And so it's, it's, she's emotionally scarred from the world that she's been in. And then she's been further pushed towards that dark side. And that's where that's yeah, that's where she hails from. Essentially, that's where her origin is. I love that. That's very good. Yeah. So next question then about your supervillain parent. What is your relationship with them? It's been estranged. I Kai has been raised by his uncle. And it's just been the two of them for the majority of of his life. His mother left at the like around the age of eight, and Shane, his uncle, has been raising him since then. And there's been a few times where he, 
as he started to develop his powers, I mentioned it earlier, I boosted a car. And because I, I, I learned different techniques with my powers as they started to present themselves, because it is a it's a genetic trait from my mother. I've been able to do the right word is to duplicate her power, but I have the same powers. And as they're growing, I boosted a car and Shane tore me a new one. You can't do that. Like you can't just, you can't just do what you want. Like you've got a certain amount. You can't. So you, so like your uncle Shane had to serve as that sort of like parental figure, not only as like uh nurturing, but also kind of disciplinary. Absolutely. Yeah. He's been the guiding post for which I've led most of my life, which is it's gruff, but always, always well-meaning. There might be times where it's overly stern, but because he knows the world that his sister faced, but then also the same world that I will be facing as someone with these powers and what that can entail. And he doesn't want to fall down the same path. That's fantastic. I, I love that. So is your uncle Shane then your mom's brother or your father's brother? My mom's brother. So they are their brother and sister. They grew up together. Okay, very good. Oh, that's the Irish side. Yeah, that's the Irish side. Okay. Whereas the Taidom side is the is my father's side, which is something that's just recently been uncovered within uh, the last year or so due to the something that'll come out in the story. I love that. Okay. I have some more questions, but I'll ask them later because I think, really? yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I can ask him now for the recording. Yeah. People can hear this stuff. Do you know if like he's alive? Is he around? What's your relationship with him? He's not. He's no longer alive. He he died before I had the opportunity to discover that parentage. He I've always been the characters presents as mo, as predominantly Caucasian. He's passing, but there are those who like can recognize. Oh no, you you look like you're mixed. So that that character has had that kind of in his head, but it's never been clear about what who his parent was because of the strange mother. She's not a reliable narrator, so she doesn't have any information that he's she's willing to give. And then, do you even believe that information once it's given? So it's been withheld from him for most of his life. Oh, this, uh, this sounds, yes, very good superhero potential. Like it really does. I love all of this. Thanks. All right. Then I guess that kind of answers our first backstory question of who is your supervillain parent, but does your supervillain parent have a villainous name? Some sort of, or like some sort of like how, um, what was it? Like the cat would leave like behind that, like cat statue anytime he would steal things does she like does anytime she like do a villainous deed does she like leave behind like some sort of bolt of lightning in the ground and people just started calling her like oh yeah that's a bolt lady it, her super villain name does not have to be bolt lady that's just a <laughs> thing i riffed <laughs> i guess I, the best way to put it is i haven't developed that yet i haven't cool. come out come down to what the name cool. is yet so i apologize to you, the, you don't have to yeah. worry about that. Like, again, like sometimes people don't even pick their superhero names anyways. Like sometimes the public just sees this thing and they, I think that it really sucked when they did it in Smallville, which was otherwise a really great show where they just <laughs> I don't know what you mean. The red blue blur is yeah, so they fantastic. called him that for five seasons so that they didn't have to ever call him Superman because they... I don't want to get into it, but it, it's so frustrating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, God. it's a good trope when used properly. No one is going to call somebody the red, blue blur for five years. It just won't happen. The news, the <sighs> Daily Planet should have shortened, shortened that down. Well, the good the thing is, the good thing is that he never met Lois Lane, so she could have named him Superman. And that's, that's true. Yeah. Oh, wait. Right. No, they introduced her in season four. <laughs> oh, shoot. You're right. That is Lois Lane, isn't it? The character named Lois Lane, who is, uh, she doesn't start as a reporter, but she ends up being a reporter. Uh, convoluted. It's, it's something special. 
<laughs> yeah, like it both defined and ruined my teenage years. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's go on to the second backstory question with Leo. Who inspired you to officially join Texama? Oh, God, I don't think it was inspiration. I think it was more like self-preservation or like preservation of my family. And I, I think it's very much the idea of being like second generation for an Asian family. There's so much pressure on you to just not mess this up and to also <laughs> just not mess this up for other people. So yeah, so right. so I think the, the second that my mom and my sister are threatened, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to help. I get to choose who this goes to. Like, we're going to have a conversation about this as well. And I think the way that we had played it out was that they originally sought me out in order to get in order to get a specific power that was going to save the life of one of the Texama's child. And so oh. I did the job. I gave the power over to them. And then from that point on, I just ran wild with it. Until they, like, had to reel me in. So my mom has a power. My sister has a power as well. <laughs> I definitely hooked up a bunch of, like, family members and, and all this other stuff that, that live overseas. I hooked up, like, people who had GoFundMes and just helped them out, too. Oh, that's so good. And I then they that. had to, like, and then the Texama had to reel me in. So now it's, okay, I'm giving you this power. You're going to get this power. It has to go to this person in three days or five days or whatever. Or, hey, we don't have a plan for this power. Just put it into our population so it improves our culture. Things like that. Oh, yeah. And that's something I, I don't think we've mentioned on recording yet. Is, like, you, like, physically can't keep these powers. Like, you I can't cannot. hold on to them. No. They just, after, like, yeah. like a an orb of light bursts out of your body with, yeah, and just goes somewhere. And if you didn't tell it where to go, then it just decides on its own sort of thing. Yeah, so it just decides on its own. It just has to, it specifically sticks to Asian culture in general. I love that. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, because the Texama's magical founts of power are located back in Asia. Yeah. Uh, so, all yeah, yeah. That's so good. I love all of that. All right. So, that, I, to me, that's such a good inspiration. It's very Captain America, right? Where it's, I'm doing this like Captain America did to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next up then, Cherry. God, the Nova playbook comes out swinging, doesn't it? <laughs> Who was the first person you accidentally hurt with your powers? <laughs> yeah, so this wasn't like too much in the like physical harm way but she went to her older sister who works under a branch in Architect, which is like the Tesla, Google, Amazon in Infinity City and there's a subsidiary where she works as a like pepper Potts and lucius fox type as like the oh. main assistant and engineer so cherry was completely clueless so, and went over to her like tammy i have no idea what's going on everything's exploding i'm flying i'm teleporting i need help and while tammy was currently like in the internship and doing some early work she blew up like half of the lab along the way because she just got oh, really scared dang. and panicked because she doesn't know how this thing works, and when you tell people to calm down, it's hard to calm down. When you're being studied and seeing really bad readings in your body, it's really hard to not be stressed. When you see your heartbeat is currently at 200 and then zero because your heart is not even being read because it's in the wrong dimension, it is hard to stay calm. <laughs> That's so good. I love so, all of that. So now there is this debt that both her and her sister have, and her sister's 
if it weren't for her sister's ingenuity, she probably would have gotten fired or arrested on the spot. But she's essential enough that she stuck around and just has some major debts and will not get promoted within the next couple years. Architect essentially realized, like, hey, we've got, like, free license to exploit her labor right now. Yeah, she, like... <laughs> yeah, like, we've got enough lawyers that, like, if we wanted to, we could just end, end her, like, her entire career forever. But oh, yeah. And we, we can recognize that she's still valuable. So. And we can even see this as an opportunity and say things like, you're young and full of potential. We can help you out right here. Don't worry about it. And they can still make themselves look like the good guys right now. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm always going to love like a, a strictly anti-capitalist message. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll let the audience discover that for themselves in episode one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tammy is like working for what is the equivalent of what if Amazon hired a Batman Iron Man type? <laughs> Oh, that's so good. So that that is Tammy's, I guess, master, mentor, leader, whatever is in the business you want to call it, employer. Yeah, and that's so. She, so yeah, she is Pepper Potts and Riri Williams and Lucius Fox all combined there. That's very good. I love all of that. All right. So then moving on to Ken, why don't you tell us who told you about your parents' true nature? I said Ken, but I meant your character named Kai. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's right there. They're so similar. But yeah, so Kai was essentially shielded by his uncle Shane to try and not let him know what was going on in the like with his mom and stuff. And it did eventually come out that that Shane had it explained as his power started to develop early on, maybe around like thirteen or or, or fourteen. So your mother dealt with this too, and then it slowly comes out as this is why she's gone, and. It's because of his powers and, or it's because of the, the similar powers. And so it's all comes from his uncle Shane, giving him more and more information as, as slow as, he, as he, Shane thought he could take it, as Kai would be able to understand and really see where his role in the world could be played and like how that went on until he started to see other heroes within Infinity City stepping up. And he's like, okay, like, what do I do with, what do I, what does that mean to me? And so Shane was, has been the one who has guided him in that way oh that that must be so complicated for for him too because his sister is the villain like i couldn't even imagine if one of my one of my siblings like not only if one of my siblings like gave me one of their kids and said hey take care of this thing but then also if they ran off to go like do crime and hurt people and be defined as a cruel mastermind yeah i wouldn't feel great about that but then also here's this kid who didn't ask for any of this so yeah, this is all very good. This is coming together. I like this. I like the important thing is that you you, you were kind of a little uh, nervous about going up against Jason and Jordan, and it's like, you're killing it too. You yeah, should. It's know. So it's you're, sick. It's honestly sick. Yeah. I do have to say, like Ken was Ken's always been a personal choice of mine to to play a game like this, mostly because Ken has the most comic knowledge I've ever come across Ooh. ever. Ooh. And even that is, I've, I, I regularly say I'm not a master of any one fandom. I am a, a, a geek of all trades because it's, I, even I have my own like Yoda. Like there's someone who's, who trained me as well. Oh but my God, Ken, <laughs> we need to become best friends. Like you're defining yourself in a way that I've always defined myself. <laughs> Dude, okay. I do want to, I, I, and I want to say this, I want to say this on air too. So we're actually using Ken's Discord in order to record. <laughs> and the first thing Connor says when he gets in here, he's, there's a toy talk section? And just <laughs> proceeded to lose his mind to us. And it was oh, yeah. amazing. 
Oh my gosh. I yeah, I love I, it. I've got we, I'm looking This group at... is something special. We're standing on this and we all stand on the shoulders of giants. It's okay to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We all have our the person who brought us into some type of fandom, whether it's your brother, <clears throat> Jason, or it's someone else who's like it's like here, let, let me give you the keys to the kingdom, and you're like, I don't even know what to do here. Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> we've all had that moment of oh, I, I am in a much larger world and I, I don't know what to do about it. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how it was for me going into Doctor Who. That's just terrifying. Oh, <laughs> Lord. That's what one of those ones where it's, I don't, I, I never took that specialization or like uh, Harry Potter. Like someone can be like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't remember he was the beater for the Hufflepuff team. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I didn't sure, know probably. Yeah. I, <laughs> I say anything, I'll believe you. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I. This is going to be such a good group. I can already tell now. All right. So uh, third question for Leo. What does Texama do for the world that no one else can? Very much believe that on the surface, like their mission statement is to like further their communities, either like inside of Infinity City and overseas as well. I think on the base, that is their mission. They're one of like the biggest organizations just be like, hey, we're improving these communities. We're putting powers into them, we're protecting them, we're sharing knowledge, we're receiving even more knowledge. Like, the Wakanda-esque sort of feeling, if that makes Ooh, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where that. they're like, hey, we're gonna, like, share stuff, and this is our culture, and our culture has been being made better because of our leaps and strides, right? Now, if that's necessarily true, I don't know. But, but it's, a, it's at least something that Leo believes, which is yeah. important. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, and it's very much, yeah, they're one of the only ones putting powers out there. You can tell that, you know, they're improving these communities. I'm sure we have a little Saigon in Infinity City. I'm sure we have a little Manila in there. And you can tell the differences between these neighborhoods because I think traditionally those are neighborhoods that might be a little bit more beat up in different cities. I think these are like some of the nicer neighborhoods. Oh, that's like so that, cool. That Texama does, yeah. God dang, I love that. That's very okay. good. Yeah, like, you can see the tangible change that, that the Texama can do for the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like good. I'm sure they have like a business wing, and they have, like, marketing, and they're like, oh, hey, like, they're making another building from Texama, and all this other stuff. Cool. All right. I'm, ex I'm so excited. This is going to be a good game. All right, so we'll move on to Cherry, then. Who outside the team helps you control your powers? Let's see. Outside the team, I think I talked about Tammy earlier, just because there's nobody else that she really knows who can be responsible or knowledgeable of anything within the superhero space. Because in her head, she relies pretty heavily on her social circles, just emotionally and for her team, just to put her into check. But outside of that, she doesn't really have a lot of other people that she can access for her personal life or her superhero life. A lot of her family doesn't even really want her to be a an independent active hero they usually say do something else or at least be in the support team where it's safer and easier or you can use your skills of what you're best at which is usually just going to be doing your science and labbing or whatever else it's going to be so tammy's one of the only people who can like really understand her outside of the team but even she's not the most supportive she's more of just knowledgeable and been there enough to deal with enough people with powers did you get to say like a physical description of tammy i'm so sorry oh i don't think i got to yet tammy much to both their chagrin looks a lot like cherry except like three inches taller 
and more lean and more looking like a traditional k-pop star so she puts like a lot more effort in and it is just naturally uh more traditionally appealing compared to cherry so and a lot she, of and it she's is like just smart like, like you and stuff and everything too smarter yeah oh, this is <laughs> i love this <laughs> i so cherry is absolutely the disaster sister then like the <laughs> classic younger sister God. yeah cherry is like more active braver and she not just like socially active but like physically as well but like those aren't things that are considered like appreciated within like these networks or these traditions or families and stuff like that so like she has her own strengths they just aren't shiny strengths I feel my family. Uh, it's eerie. <laughs> too close to home. Too close. You said you wanted to have a, this is a Southeast Asian story. I'm going to play a Southeast Asian story. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on then to Kai, why did you turn from your lineage to be a hero? And that was, a, it, it ties to my uncle Shane, once again, like saying, you've got to, you can't follow in the same path as your mother and kind of as that comes on. But then also the, the hero AI in the in infinity city they they i saw them with their their power armor and how they've been using the oh, semi-similar dang. powers to uh do good and just okay but between the, where my uncle has been pushing me and then also seeing other heroes step up and and, and how they've defended the city and protected it that's brought me it's brought me in onto down that path and so i, I was inspired by them i absolutely loved that you hit the nail on the head for the whole representation matters because your character saw it and they're like, I want to emulate it. I want to be just like them. We're so oh, similar dang. all this stuff, right? Like the, the whole, I love that through that idea, you hit the idea of representation matters. And yeah, that's terrific. <laughs> yeah. You like, <laughs> this is so good. All right. So then next question, we're getting close to the end of questions here. Leo, who outside of the Taxama and the team connects you to the civilian world it would definitely be my mom and my sister although they're in the superhero world a little bit as well too mostly like because... they've got powers but like, yeah, yeah. i went wild connor I went, <laughs> I went... so my mother has like black canary like singing sort of powers and then my sister has uh healing powers oh that's great so and those two powers are like these like very grounded things that like people can use like in their day-to-day -day life without necessarily having to be like running around in a costume. Oh yeah. And also to, uh, I think for a lot of uh, Filipino listeners, right? Like they're going to, okay. So your mom sings and your sister's a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. I'm just going to beat everybody to the joke in the first place. And I'm just going to put that out there now. Right. Oh, that's so good. Okay. And so then moving on to Cherry, why do you continue to use your powers? It is like part of personal, I, because I think I can do it. And also this whole idea of because it's, she thinks down the road, it can be something practical. So because her family doesn't want her to be a hero, now she feels like she has to be. <laughs> her oh. parents, like... Her dad's not really around anymore, and her mom is just, like, works as a nurse to try to help everybody in the family get to college. She's got her older sister and a younger brother, both of which are just damn smart, and both going into tech fields while her sister, older sister is part of the, like, superhero tech. Her younger brother is, like, 13, but he is, like, 
a prodigy within coding and also like synthetic music. So in in her head, she wants to stand out from the rest of them and also prove them wrong to the point that she even has evidence that she can be a hero because look at the person that Tammy's working for, who I think I might call Warcry for now. And like Warcry is like Iron Man, Batman. This guy's rich. He's a big hero. He can do it. He has Tammy working for her. And down the road, Cherry thinks it is like the dream to see if she can have Tammy or somebody like Tammy work for her as a big hero. <laughs> just the idea of not just out of spite, but no, I want to be a celebrity. I want to be an icon. I want to be an actual hero who like starts my own stuff and can do my own things how I want to and not have to be a background character. That's so good. I love all of this. This is holy cow. You all are like geniuses. Like <laughs> and she, <laughs> you all. You... <laughs> and she also made the deal that if she can't be a hero, then yeah, she'll go back to nursing and tech. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> she'll go to school. If this is, she, you have to have a backup. That's just part of the rule. So she'll go back to it school is. if this doesn't work out <laughs> and she doesn't want to go back to school. All right. Uh, so then Kai, who outside of the team helps you on your chosen path. So that ties in also to the additional question of like, why do I care about the team? And that is something that I guess I need to ask the other players within the team on here is that my, as I was starting to build out the connection of how I met up with the team and where my roles in that is part of, so part of discovering my heritage was meeting a cousin online through Kai had done a, like the, my ancestry, the DNA test and found a cousin who actually worked for Taksama and they reached out to him and were like, Hey, we're, I'm doing a family tree and you came up. So they started to research Kai and that is how I think the thread can then be followed. If I don't know how everyone feels about Taksama as we're starting to develop them is she introduced me the idea of, Hey, this is the team. This is the company I work for. There's this team that's starting to form. Where have you, do you are you do you plan on using your powers or what's your what do you plan at this point yeah what's your game plan thank you yeah i kind of like that and we're like your cousin could be one of our handlers oh that's very good yeah Yeah. i love those connections like that really helps helps define not just the characters but like maybe the stakes a little bit too where it's you all yeah yeah I, i like the idea that he's one of our like lower level handlers or he's like our q Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, some, yeah. 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 They and so by meeting this cousin, they, they brought me into the world a little bit. Okay, this is it's and it's because even as this the child of a of an existing supervillain, their their notoriety isn't that well known. It's just like kind of okay. As I'm seeing different aspects that I could open myself up to, what does that mean for me in this side of the world? Like, how does that how does that affect who I come up to be? And that's why I wanted to ask: Does that feel? As you know, essentially, Jason built out that that team or the organization. How does that feel for you? It sounds like it's a good one. I'm still working with trying to be more collaborative. Sorry, I, I do that a lot just because I, I imagine if there's ever like just the chance of something being open or an invitation or just any way to like step in, then I know that Cherry will immediately have a resume. <laughs> I also kind of like the idea that having Lab Rabbit on the like Texama's courting your other organization. They're like, hey, we have this person and they work for you too. Look how great we work together. (laughs) That's very, yeah. Like, like in, like when two large structures meet, it's always, okay, so we're both kind of wary of each other until we decide that we're not at risk of, or of knocking the other over sort of thing. There's all sorts of interplay going on here. I love that. The olive branch, right? It's like, exactly. Yeah. 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 Lab Rabbit is the olive branch. 
That's awful. <laughs> I love that. All right. So yeah, then we're getting to the final question for everybody then. Leo, why do you care about the team? With the connections that we just made right now, with Kai being brought in by a family member, with Cherry like living in between those two organizations and those two worlds, I really care about the team because this is the first time I've had fun doing this. Oh. Right? This is, I always have to get sent out by myself. I always have to do, there's so much pressure on me. And now they've placed me with other people and I'm immediately more effective. I'm immediately, uh, I'm immediately volunteering for stuff as long as they can come with, things like that. And now they've given, since they've given me something fun and something to care about, I'm more invested. Yeah, I, I love it. So essentially um, they, like, they make you stronger. Like your team, yeah. yeah so good but it's also because we have fun together right? yeah and this was a really awful job and i use the word job in the most negative sense at this point <laughs> yeah but now it's actually turned into something that feels important because i'm like i'm having fun that's really sweet yeah that is very good i i like when characters genuinely have a reason to care about the team there i've run so many masks games where players say i really don't know what's right here and so a lot of times they'll leave it empty but this feels good i like this let's go on to cherry then cherry why do you care about the team the idea of being invited is almost like her relief and savior at the moment of just okay i can do it i can do it she knows that they got her back in this case because they in weird ways they are like also mentors to her because she is definitely very inexperienced and not familiar with a lot of this world and one of the she's got a lot of powers somebody's experienced a lot of powers she feels like she might blow up and hurt a lot of people well somebody just happens to know the history of a villain here like they're each of them have so many experiences that she can rely on and just the ability to like hear their stories is like both relieving and also really empowering to her and she's also not used to having like friends that she can actually work with usually there is a divide of you have your classmates you have your co-workers and you have your actual friends and this is the first time it feels like everybody can be all of those things at once oh i love that yeah that's very good I like that too because I think we're I think for the Asian experience we're very much trained at a very young mm -hmm. age to be like hey like your competition at this point yeah. and, and and it's like an invisible thing that is it's not said but it can be like very mildly implied mm -hmm. that this is also like her this is also her like work superhero meal ticket <laughs> yes <laughs> that is it's implied it is there she doesn't say it and she's appreciated way more but like when she first came on that was like the real thing Oh, that's good. So, oh, it, it, that's, yeah. So in a way, she almost feels maybe a little sleazy upon her first sort of like initial uh, yeah. expectations <laughs> of what this meant for her. But then she realized like, oh, wait, these are people I genuinely like. That's so yeah. good. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. And then Kai, you've almost, you've basically answered this, but if you want to go in depth at all anymore about why do you care about the team? Yeah, I mean it and thank you for, and it does it does tie into learning more of what my cousin has brought me into. And I had always been on the periphery of like superherodom and now what does it mean to be as part of this family because it's always I've been so much defined by my mother and her powers and that side of the world. But now it's like, okay, what does this mean? What is learning how a superhero is played roles played through Toxama? Like it's 
you see a wide variety of different superheroes out there and say, oh yeah, you've got the league and you've got different organizations, but what does Taxama do and how do they, how does my cousin introduce me to these things? Because I'm just standing there like eyes open. Okay, what's this new thing here? What's this? And it's a story of self-discovery, but also of just seeing like, yeah, where does that fit for me? And it's just, it's engaging. It's very much like a part that's been missing, but also a part that is at times still on the edge. It's still an outsider, even as an outsider. What is it? What is, what is Taksama? They, what, how much do I let them into my own world too? Like my own small world. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So this is something I don't want to talk too much about it because it'll take up way, way too much time. But yeah, like the cool thing about masks is that not only is every playbook representative of a specific superhero trope, they're also like very representative of like teenagers growing up and each one of you have nailed that and Kai go going in with this story that's and uh, uh, it also like lines up very well with like some immigrant experiences too this sort of I feel isolated I want to reach out but I can't and I don't know how and like you're nailing that this is very good yeah and, and I'm open to as much input as possible because the it's there will very much be played as much as my own experience of just learning something new and discovering what that means. Yeah. I, I apologize for my <laughs> lack of experience with this. You, everyone's coming to the table. Such great stuff. I will like, say that George your here, lack of experience yeah. is not showing. Yeah. yeah you're, really nailing it. It. you're nailing yeah. it. You have to remember we're, we're just coming up uh, like with all of this stuff just off the top of the dome right now. Like I did not <laughs> plan any of this. This is just going off the top of the dome. Yeah, anytime I make a character, like, so much about that character changes during actual character creation sessions. So yeah, this is fantastic. So after that, after character introductions, now that we, like, we know each other. So the next step is, let's see, we answer relationship questions and hand out influence. So um, influence is a fun mechanic in masks. Basically, you're all teenage superheroes, right? People influence teenagers. That's how it works. You're as when you're growing up, you, you're uncertain about who you are, where you belong, all these things, and you're looking for that validation, like people to tell you who you are and where you belong. And um, people with influence can do that. So by default, every adult has influence over you already. You can always get rid of that later. You can reject their influence, all sorts of stuff like that. That's always very fun. But not all teenagers have influence over you. Because when you're a teenager, you're, you look at another teenager and say, why should I, why should you be influencing me? You're just like me. You might even be worse than me. We're going to answer those questions right now with, with relationships and influence. So we'll just go back with Jason again, and we'll go one relationship question at a time, if that feels all right. So you can answer whichever one of your relationship questions you want to. And then we'll go on to Cherry and then Kai and then cycle back to you for your second one. So my first one is blank is crucial to the long-term success of Texama. I must protect them. That is obviously 100% Lab Rabbit. Like I have, I have she's an asset. <laughs> yeah, 100% <laughs> Lab Rabbit is an asset. And yeah, she out could of the be three a game us, changer. Yeah, and out of the three of us, definitely the powerhouse, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That totally checks out and I love it 100%. Speaking of Lab Rabbit, uh, you can go ahead and a um, answer your question again, whichever one you want. All right. Yeah, I'm going to say you once hurt blank when you lost control of your powers. And I'm going to say 
I'm gonna say Lancer just because I like the idea of just being like a major letdown on like the first mission. Oh, that's so good. Of we're investing a lot into you, Cherry, and then she just can't do it all correctly the first time. It's a learning curve. Oh, there's potential here, but you mess things up for me. Yeah, and I think that's a good juxtaposition, right? Because I'm like Lancer is just military trained. Like, mm-hmm. pr- like probably out of the three of us, definitely has the most formal training. Yeah. So I, I think that there, even though there's this like sense of like friendship, there's also this sense of like guilt and debt and feeling like, oh, I owe you, and I know that I was using you. So th- there's something that's a lot of shame within the feeling towards Lancer, even though she is also super appreciative. But she definitely did accidentally blow him up or send him like 50 feet into the air at some point. I love how nuanced these characters are starting to feel. Like, this is very good. All right. So then that brings us to Kai. Which question do you want to answer? I would answer the first question, which is blank is the only one who understands what I'm going through. I've told them which part of me I wish was more like my parent. And that would be Leo. Leo is the one person who understands what I'm going through. I've explained to them as I joined the team, we just hit it off and just, I was able, I felt secure with them to explain where, how I felt about things. And I've actually told them about my parentage. Ooh, I love that. That's very good. Like this friendship born out of like what started as like maybe a working relationship and it blossomed into something like, oh, hey, this is somebody who like gets me. I love that. Yeah. And, and again, I, hopefully collaborative. I hope that's okay with Leo. Totally fine with me. Perfect. And so we're then the, the, there's also another blank. Are we answering that as well right now? Or are we leaving those open? Oh yeah, open? I'm, I'm going to cycle back to, to Leo again. So Leo, your next question. What's the answer? So blank isn't always thrilled with the way Texama handles things. I've come to value their critiques, even if I don't agree with them. That is 100% ignition. I think Ignition comes from a place where, I think for Ignition, it's very obvious for them what is good and what is not. As opposed to, with me, I had to grow up in everything is the gray area, and I really appreciate that, no, that's evil, or no, that's good, don't worry. Because I've always had to grow up in in this, uh, like, I have to do this, but then this is bad, but then this is okay. And I think Ignition gives me a little bit more of a guiding star. I love that. Yeah. And that like factors into both how both of you grew up in major ways where like Kai was by someone who was like by Shane, who was viewing him through this lens of your mom is this supervillain. And I want to make sure that you don't become that. Yeah. And whereas Leo was more on the in, on this metric of, I want to do the most amount of good that I can. And to do that, I might have to do some bad too. <laughs> sort yeah, of that thing. Is, yeah. Honestly, like peak soldier scion dynamic there of one does it because it's like the mission and the other is like, no, I, I want to do this. It's the right thing. And I, I love that dynamic oh, yeah. right there between soldier scion. Me too. Yeah, this is also, very we got good. some We got some busted playbooks. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be like uh, just fantastic. Yeah. I, we... I think like we chose three of the most busted playbooks in the game. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right, then next up is Cherry with your final question as well. Oh yeah, you hang out with Blank to blow off steam, and that has to go with Ignition in this case, just because like they're because like she sees Leo as also the higher, <laughs> like this. I owe this person. There's the shame, but there's also this sense of this is your group here. This is your crew. This is your community that i'm stepping into right now so there's always this 
fear of not able to let the guard down by 100%. But meanwhile, with Kai, it's just so much easier to blow off steam. It's easier to, like, understand what it means to just be an actual person who's just trying to get by. And to her, somebody who is, like, in that soldier playbook style, it she finds that not the most relatable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like... By all all counts, she's trying to not be her family's soldier. Yeah. I love that. That's very good. Yeah, and I I like that too because it also plays into the mindset of Kai is, even though I think that, I I don't know if we covered like exact ages yet, but I do think that Kai is older than Leo, but I still think Leo is still within the team as the leader Red Ranger that we, we follow his orders. And we like that's how Kai feels about it. And it's it sounds like that's the same way that Cherry feels, too. Yeah, there are times where Cherry might accidentally like say sir to old Red Leo. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> OK, so I know. I OK, I'm getting a little bit more of a sense of how I can play this then. I'm, I'm loving all of this. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that uh, brings us to Kai bringing it in with the final relationship question. My parents once fought and thrashed uh, Lab Rat. I've got to find a way to make up for them. Oh, make, make it up to them. Like it's <laughs> and yeah, Left I, I am. I want to hear so much more about how that fight went down. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we should definitely. That should be the opening conversation when we record our first session. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's going to be very good. All right. Hey, Cherry, I'm sorry my mom kicked your ass. <laughs> that was my mom, well, by the way. And... Yeah, that's, I was thinking that, that actually that wasn't clear like to everyone that's his. Like maybe that Cherry's just, oh, you know, that like she's, they're recovering from everything. And Kai's just, ah, yeah, that's really unfortunate. By the way, that's my mom. I'm sorry. Like, I like, may I, know her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard really bad things about her. We should really oh, kick her butt sometime. <laughs> through clenched teeth oh yeah. no <laughs> so just to wrap everything up as well too once again this is session zero for Eastwind and aapi infinity city story connor if you wouldn't mind go going first for the introducing yourself giving your social media all that good we got so yeah i've been the gm i'm my name's connor again you can find me at conador crunch on twitter don't ask me how to spell it because if you don't know then you'd probably don't want to see my tweets anyways they're, they're not great <laughs> i i'm an official gm for magpie i gm tons of games for their curated play program including masks so if you want to come play masks with me go to magpie's website and uh, buy yourself a ticket and we'll have a blast i promise Jordan, why don't you go next and make sure to plug all of the things that you're on as well, too, right now. All right. Yep. Let's see. What do I have? So I've been Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at CuttlefishTweet. I am also on the other, what do we want to call it? The original, the OG, the prime, the other Infinity City <laughs> podcast. You can also find me on the Bone Rollers podcast, Don't Cast, Don't Tell, an all-queer Wizarding World story using Kids on Brooms, and Roar to Heaven, a Simple Gear-inspired actual play. Uh, Ken, how about you? Hi, guys. I'm Ken, and I've been playing Kai. You can find me on the internet at Ken Rollo. I'm on a number of different podcasts and different venues. You can find my Instagram at Ken Rollo. From there, you'll find my link tree for a number of podcasts, such as Tangential Giants, Carbon Scoring, as well as a long history of other podcasts within the Geek Say What and Ready Set Geek Networks. Feel free to reach out to me there. You'll find a bunch of posts about either comic sketches or 
action figures or any random nerd thing that you find across the internet. And I've been JPG. You can find me on all social media at SpeakerJPG. On top of being uh, a part of this wonderful cast, I'm also a part of the cast on Moon Harbor Heroes and Nerds on a Roll. And most of my RPG work is also on Perception Studio as well, which is which is a Twitch stream that we play tabletop RPGs with puppets. Uh, I'm a human on it, so, so, so yeah, to be clear. I'm a human. Yeah, you can find everything on my link tree at SpeakerJPG. That I forgot I forgot to plug Moon Harbor Heroes too. I'm doing a stream for them once a month on Twitch at Moon or Harbor. They're they've got a Twitch channel. Just go to their Twitter. JPG just said it. Uh, go watch that Twitch stream. It's very good. Yeah. So until the next time we get back together and we tell some more superhero stories, stay super, everybody. And that's where we're cutting this episode. A special thanks to Elliot of Infinity City, who has donated his time to support marginalized stories by editing this podcast. You can find Elliot at Podcaster Elliot on Twitter, where you can find links to all of his amazing work. Also, a special thanks to Inditan, a Malay Chinese content creator who composed the intro music for Eastwind, an AAPI Infinity City story. You can find Indy on Twitter at It's Mr. Mask, and you can make sure to check out their work on Dice Comics at Dice Comics as well. Finally, a special thanks to Ralph Ballesteros, our Manila-based Filipino concept artist for Ignition, Lab Rabbit, and Lancer. You can find Ralph's work and see if his commissions are open on Instagram, at the Milkfish Arts. Thank you so much to Connor and the rest of the cast for putting on another great actual play. Our hope is to create a space where an AAPI audience is inspired to do more for their community. We encourage our listeners to support reputable AAPI nonprofits that keep our community safe. We cannot stay quiet when one of us in the community is hurting. So we encourage you to check out StopAAPIHate.org to report incidents of hate and to take advantage of its care resources. We play heroes on air, but we hope that you can be a hero to someone in need. Thank you again for listening, and please remember, it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness.